Well, I mean, a big part of it is like motivation and goal setting, I think. So it definitely didn't happen on its own. You know, some key things I think was important in my story. This is Debbie, and welcome to another episode of The Offbeat Life, where I speak to inspiring individuals who ditched the norm to become location independent. We'll learn how to create sustainable laptop lifestyles from the experts that will help us achieve freedom from our nine to five. All right, so we've been talking about landing a remote job for a while now, but the one thing you're probably most curious about is how to learn the online skills you need to land these jobs. I'm not just talking about getting a brief introduction, but learning from actual accredited schools so you can be taken seriously when you apply for these jobs. You've been waiting for a while, and I'm really sorry about that, but I have finally created a whole page listing the best courses to take from teaching English online to becoming a freelance writer and so much more. All from trusted sources that will get you that remote job. So if you're ready and serious to take the next step, then visit theoffbeatlife.com slash learn online skills to get started. Again, you can visit theoffbeatlife.com slash learn online skills to get started. On this week's episode, I'm really excited to speak with our sponsor, Sandra, who is the co-founder and CEO of Safety Wing, which is a travel and medical incident insurance that is made specifically for digital nomads. Born in Norway, Sandra was a policy advisor for the government of Norway advising on social policies, but after getting frustrated with the slow pace of government change, Sandra founded Superside, a platform for freelance designers. It was here where he discovered the lack of safety net for online remote workers. This is when Safety Wing was born, which was on 2018 and has since raised over $8 million and has been serving over 60,000 happy clients as of today and it's still growing. So listen on to find out how Sandra and Safety Wing is giving digital nomads and remote workers the same benefits as 9to5ers. Hey everyone, thank you so much for being here. I am really excited to be with my guest today. I'm here with Sandre. Hey Sandre, how are you? Hey Debbie, how are you? <laughs> I am wonderful. Before we get to all of the journey that you've had, can you tell us about you and why you live an offbeat life? Yes, I was uh, born in Norway on the West Coast, a small town called Bergen. Everything is small in Norway in the population sense, although big mountains <laughs> and vast fjords, few people. Um, <laughs> and uh, I guess from an early on age, I was interested in internet things. And I had this little venture where I started a web hosting company, had a server in my room, but uh, knew I wanted to somehow get to San Francisco where I'm currently at. But I got a bit knocked off that path, that kind of entrepreneurship path when I was drafted to the military because there's a draft in Norway. Oh. And so that kind of made me a bit more like a conformist, I guess, for a few years. <laughs> uh, and and so I stayed and, and worked in different things. I worked in policy for Norwegian government. And then I realized I, I needed to get back out. And I had discovered this possibility of digital nomadism and freelancing. So I started part-time to, you know, get freelance income on Upwork as a writer. And uh, 
writing for a finance blog, I think, or a finance magazine. And uh, while at the same time I was planning the, to quit my job and move to Berlin was the first path. That was much cheaper back then. This is 2014, 2013. And then I started the company part-time as well. And then that actually worked out. And we, uh, which is not this company, but previous one. And that's how I kind of got out, I suppose. <laughs> that's how I got out. <laughs> well, it's not such a bad place to be in, right? You're talking about fjords, all of this greenery and just vast land of amazing things. But I guess you wanted something more. And I think that's right. most of us, right? You want something outside of your scope of reality and go out into the world. And now you're in San Francisco, pretty much the dream that you had being in tech and San Francisco is literally like the number one place right now to be in if you want to be in in that area of expertise. So how did that go about, Sandra? Because you're talking about this this guy who just had these big dreams and then that kind of, you know, you mentioned you lost all of that pretty much for a little while because of being drafted now, how did you go from zero to now having this incredible company that you have, Safety Wing, which is amazing? You know, a lot of digital nomads use it and you're pretty much one of the number one insurance for that. How did that go from zero now to where you are? Yeah, well, I mean, a big part of it is like motivation and, you know, goal setting, I think. So it definitely didn't happen on its own. You know, some key things I think was important in my story was that when I was a teenager, like 14, 15, I had this brush with, I guess, what you could call the self-improvement literature, mm. and uh, which was super helpful. And I kind of learned goal setting. And I started from then to write down like a list of goals and which I didn't hit like zero with zero percent, zero percent of them. <laughs> achieved. And like over the years, I kind of gradually reduced my goals. And when I was 23, I learned about planning and then I started making plans, which increased the achievement rate a little bit. But so over these years, I, it took me 10 years, I think, from I started setting yearly goals or goals at all to starting to reach them. And that I I do think was a key part of my story. But what was my motivation for the goals that I did set? You know, I very much rec- I relate to the sentiment, you know, behind your podcast, and I'm sure many of your listeners, which is can broadly be described as freedom, I guess you could say freedom. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. And there are different kinds of freedom. You know, you can approach that in a philosophical way, like, oh, freedom from constraint or violence. Mm. But freedom to, you know, that's the other kind of, you know, freedom to do what you want to do. And there are even more kinds of freedom, I suppose, like, some people talk about freedom over yourself. I do that. That is, there is something there as well, but whatever it was, you know, it was kind of that, like this, um, wanting to get somehow control of my own life and chart my own destiny and, uh, and not in a, in a kind of hubristic way, but just, I didn't want to like, it's not like I, it was so important for me to be recognized for that or anything. Like I just wanted my own freedom in a way like. (laughs) Yeah, that's extremely understandable because I think especially now with what the world is going through, you know, every (laughs) I don't think we we appreciate it more than we do now because of what 
is happening around the world, you know, just even uh, traveling now is a true privilege. I mean, it was before, but now it's even more so, right? But I do want to go back to when you were talking about when you were a teenager, when you had goals, and then when you figured out how to actually achieve them by planning. Now, can can you explain that to us? Because people are probably saying and thinking, what what does that mean? Like, of course you have goals. Like, what does that have to do with planning? Like, how does planning go into that to actually make you get those goals that you want to reach? Yeah. So this is evidenced. I'm sure I, I remember seeing research on at some point that writing a plan increases the chance that you reach your goal by mm-hmm. something. I can't remember, but it's like, it's, it's a significant percentage. In my case, it was, it was from nothing to, to, to everything. Like it was the big, the big difference. So planning is in the sense that I used to hit none of my goals. And after I hit most of them, after I learned this. So what is a plan? Plan is the step towards your goals. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember where I learned this, but for some reason I was, I just did it once, like in the, some fit of inspiration, I just wrote down a plan on each of my goals and they all follow the format, which was kind of like a bullet point, right? Like five, six, seven bullet points on each goal ordered in the sequence I would do them in. So this first and then that, and then that, and that's, uh, that was, um, a really crucial thing to learn. So to give an example then is, you know, when I then set the goal that I wanted to become a digital nomad and quit my job. So I wrote down this plan, right? So I do, I'm doing this, you know, maybe six or nine months before I actually quit my job. I think it's at the beginning of the year. And, you know, I wrote down steps. And one of the steps was, for example, to get freelance income. Another was to cut my burn rate, like my spend to, you know, a lot. And, you know, I, I was trying to achieve the kind of digital nomad reasoning, which is that if you just have, get some freelance income and have low costs, then I can work on my startup most of the week and just like freelance part of the week. Right. And, uh, and so I had these steps written down and there was, it was also timed. So I knew I was going to quit my job in August, which was very terrifying. Uh, I, I had a good job. I actually had an interesting job as well. Like it was, <laughs> I was policy advisor for the government of Norway. So I was. It was a very creative job. I was kind of thinking of new policies and gathering research and presenting them. And it was quite meaningful. But of course, I also was a bit frustrated because government is a big organization, very slow, you know, kind of the opposite of startups in that, in that way. So yeah, so that's an example. And by making that plan, I had something I could was starting with the day after, right? So it wasn't just this like very difficult thing that, you know, was a goal for in the future, but I had a next step. And later I implemented that as a thing. Like when I write a plan, I add all the first steps into my like to-dos that day or next day. So that I I actually have a, sometimes I wonder if they seem to almost happen automatically. I wonder if it's like some, sometimes a good plan is like a domino. Mm, Yeah. Where it's like, I want this big domino to fall. And then you just put up these dominoes in between. And then you just push the first one. So that is, that's a great analogy of that, actually. That is pretty excellent because it's, it's true, right? It's like you want that whole domino to fall, but it only takes one, you know, for that little push and then it all falls into place. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so that was roughly it. And, and I did that plan and that was, you know, how I was able to 
to to get out to to eventually quit my job uh, and 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 move out, start the company, and uh, get a freelance income and and all of that. So when you were creating those step by step things, right, the plans that you had, and you like you mentioned, it was a little bit at a time, and it was obviously realistic. One of the things that I always find when you are planning for something for you to achieve that bigger goal that you have, a lot of the actions that you take are pretty monotonous, right? You have to do something over and over and over again before it can actually make a dent or it once you actually start seeing the results, but you have to do it over and over again for a, a period amount of time. And I think a lot of people lose interest or they become bored or they don't have the patience to do that, to wait for it to finally take effect. Do you feel like that happened to you when you were in those steps to get the essential goal of safety wing and the other businesses that you had? You know, I had my particular struggles when it comes to, let's say, my own productivity. And some of them are things that I think a lot of people have, which is, for example, when I'm not in a scenario where I have to do something, it was like, it's hard to focus and not be distracted. Yeah. And and that, you know, took, that was like a bit of a monotonous struggle to figure out. TLDR, it's, uh, I had to work a different place from where I relaxed. That was really important. Uh, yeah. And um, the slow and boring steps. So, okay, so the, the, the reason I'm struggling a bit to answer this is because there is half <laughs> of those slow and boring steps I actually don't think are, are worth doing, which is a bit of uh, a, a mystery. But you don't, you know, from the first startup to the second, the biggest difference was that I knew everything I didn't had to do. So in the first one, I, I didn't know what was, what was important. So I did a lot of stuff, basically everything except gathering your team and mm-hmm. you know, making a product, something customers love is a, almost a waste of time and can be done later. But a lot of people only do those steps, which isn't those like, you know, learning accounting, registering a company or something. Um, things that you can hire out for pretty much. right? Yeah. And do later, like things that are only yeah. relevant if you succeed in making something anyone wants to buy. So, and you know, the, the big thing, some things are really big, you know, it's like that. This is another kind of truism, but it is so true. The kind of 80, 20 thing. Mm-hmm. I basically discovered that just a few things make almost all the difference in finding a company for me. And, and by only doing those, you can make it a lot easier. So, so that's definitely something that was very useful for me. That said, though, there are still things that are boring that you do have to do. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's just a few less of them uh, when yeah. when I'd gone through it once. Yeah. And now you can hire other people to do the boring stuff that you don't like, and maybe they actually enjoy them. <laughs> Right. Yeah. That's the lovely thing that people are different and some people love what other people hate, uh, which is fantastic. It's amazing. And I love that you talked about understanding what 
you really have to prioritize when it comes to your task because you're right, there are a lot of things that we do, especially when you're just new at this, right? Whether you want to be an entrepreneur or a freelancer, you do a lot of things that you think are going to move the needle that really don't. And then it takes a long time sometimes to find that out. But then after like months of doing it, you're like, oh my gosh, this is actually not productive for me. So I've been wasting my time, all of this. But then it's actually also sometimes a good thing because now you know where you need to go in that sense. So, yes, it, it's kind of annoying, but, you know, it's it's a lesson learned that a lot of us have had to go through. <laughs> yeah. No, and, and there is a kind of, you know, that kind of thing that is super useful, which is the difficulty of like doing something for the first time you know, repetitive thing, you know, almost everything you're bad at it the first time. And then you yeah. have to do it, do it a few times before you get good at it. But it's so easy to forget <laughs> this when you get into the professional yeah. realm. You have to expect to suck at it the first time. That doesn't reflect on you. Like that's like, that's just reality. That's how it is to do something for the first time. No one is like the world champion the first time they do something. So, <laughs> so that one I, I also find really important, but I keep forgetting. <laughs> It's it's true. I think we have these really high expectations on our performance right off the bat. And it's like, we're going to be really amazing at this. And then especially for people who are high performers like yourself, Sandre, or, you know, you really expect a lot from yourself. And then, like you mentioned, you tend to forget that because even though you're doing really well, there are certain things that you have to learn and you're brand new again. And and it sucks. It sucks a lot. But like with most things, as long as you can get over that first hump and you accept failure because it happens a lot, you know, even when you're successful, failure still happens. <laughs> and I think for the most part, too, failure happens a lot more for people who are successful, but they just keep going. And that's why they win a little bit more than everybody else, because they fail a lot more. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. This is something I wish I could get like perfectly comfortable with mm -hmm. uh, failure because it is true. It is the method. And, you know, it's even more true in startups because there you have the thing that you want to need to do it a few times to get even adequate at it. But you also have the thing where you have to try a series of things until you find the one thing. And that's not just like on the idea, but it's like how I'm going to market this product or, you know, how should this particular sign of flow look? You kind of have to cycle through ideas and that is the method to get lucky, to, to succeed. So you kind of just have to understand that that is the process you're engaged in and not the process of getting it right the first time. Yeah. I think I, I was talking to somebody and they were saying it's kind of like being a scientist. You're always experimenting in something. So when the first experiment doesn't work, it's okay because you're going to experiment with the next one and the next one until you get it right. So, you know, I'm like, I love that. I love that. We're like scientists in a way. <laughs> so it's not really exactly. failure. It's just a bunch of experiments and, you know, we figure out what works for us. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, in, in safe doing, you know, we started, I first started one company, Superside, which is still active and doing well. It's a freelancer, it's a design platform that does projects for companies. And then it was there that I discovered this other problem, which was that freelancers on the platform wanted benefits. We didn't know where to get it. And, and that became the genesis of, of what is now safe doing. 
so when I did that the second time around, uh, one thing that was lovely is that there are, and so thankful that there are knowledge to be had also in startups. You know, it's not only those, you know, that is like specific to your problem. There are these lessons that is true across startups, which was a huge time saver, you know, the second time around. Well, talking about safety wing, one of the things that I really love about your company, this insurance company, is that it was and it is still run by digital nomads, right? And that's really one of the things that makes you stand out is because you know what digital nomads need because you've been in their shoes and you have employees who are remote workers, digital nomads. So this is really for them and they run it themselves. So can you tell us about how you got the idea for Safety Wing and really just give us a gist of everything that you do, because I think it's such an interesting time right now because there's so much more remote workers that yeah. that you can reach. Yeah, no, I mean, we, I was solving my own problem in the sense that I was a digital nomad myself and so were my co-founders. So we, we knew the, exactly the problem. We knew exactly what this product needed to be attractive to us. And that was a huge help. <laughs> huge help. Now, when I think about like startup ideas, I pondered upon before that actually wasn't good, but that seemed good for a while. They all had this same thing, which was, it wasn't really my problem. And it is possible to do something that isn't your problem, but you're mo much more likely to fool yourself into thinking it's a good idea when it isn't. So that was really, that was really good. You know, being our own customer, building something for ourselves first and being like one of among our customers in a way, you know, we were very excited for our product to be done because we needed it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's, and that, you know, later became true when we launched remote health, a health insurance for remote teams. So, you know, this is part of the, the vision is to make a global social safety net, like for a country, uh, on the internet, but, um, we have to make each piece at the time. So health insurance was the next one. And by that point we had become a remote company, like you said. Mm -hmm. So we were also very excited for that product to be done because then we needed that for our new fledgling company and remote team to be able to get, you know, health insurance, even though they were in many parts of the world. Yeah. So what would you say that you found as digital nomads, as remote workers, was the difference? Because what is really the difference between a digital nomad insurance, remote work insurance, and just like a regular insurance that somebody would have? Yeah. So the key part is, you know, digital nomad and remote work health insurance is global, meaning that it, it works in every country. So digital nomad insurance is different from the remote health thing in that it doesn't work in your home country. So that's only when you're abroad, but it works everywhere else. Uh, and remote health that also works in your home country. So, it, so it's like, it's literally your primary health insurance and you can add like dental and vision and it's sort of, you know, just a regular, good, easy to use and cool kind of health insurance. But that if you do move or if you do stay abroad three months of the year, six months out of the year, you're on the same health plan and have the same coverage there as when you're home. 
That's pretty incredible. That's amazing because then you can truly be a digital nomad in that sense. You don't have to worry about insurance when you're at home, when you're abroad, and it's kind of all encompassing everything that you need, right? So for somebody who already has maybe health insurance in their home country, is there any difference with that or that they can look at in terms of you know, which ones to look for? How can they sign up and all of that? Yeah. So pricing wise, you know, the, the, the nomad insurance is, is pretty light. So that's like $40 a month. Oh, wow. That's really cheap. Yeah. 42. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. That, cause Sandra, like here in the U S I don't even want to say how much I'm paying right now for health insurance. <laughs> yeah. No, but U.S. is an outlier here. Uh, it's kind of yeah. like the rest of the world and, and then the U.S. When it and then the U.S. This. Yeah. <laughs> of so, course. <laughs> uh, so there is, yeah. So, so if you compare it to having health insurance in the U.S., you know, remote health is like the standard health insurance. So mm-hmm. nomad insurance is like a lightweight health insurance. And what I mean by lightweight, it covers up to $250,000 while... Uh, remote health covers up to kind of like a million and a half, which is roughly kind of everything per thing. So, and remote health costs more. It depends on if you buy it as a group and which add-ons you have, but like from 90 to 150 or, or even higher. Yeah. It's kind That's of what that amazing. is. Yeah. That is super affordable. That's really good. All right. How can we all sign up for this now? <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I mean, our... our Goal. I mean, we talked about freedom in the beginning. We do have, you know, the hope that, like you said, to reduce the barrier to move abroad, that you can. One of the things, you know, it's like there are a few things that are important if you want to become a digital nomad. Maybe number one is to have, you know, remote internet income of some sort. But, you know, after that, you know, deciding where you want to go and then figuring out this, you know, the, the, the basics. So you're not getting like, like insurance. So by making that, you know, super easy and straightforward, I do think we are making the barrier for people to, 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 to make that escape themselves a little bit easier. Yeah. And are there any specific requirements for somebody to be approved with Safety Wing or is it just anybody who's a digital nomad or maybe moving abroad can be approved for it? No. So nomad insurance can be bought by anyone. And that is, we have one limitation on from 70 years old that we want to get out of, but that is a current constraint with our insurance partner. But if you're younger than 70, then you can sign up. Perfect. That's pretty amazing. I mean, it seems like it's very affordable, doesn't really have a requirement unless you're over 70 and yeah, that's pretty great because now you can literally move wherever you want and not have to have that extra worry because I think a lot more people are worried about health insurance with what's happening in the world right now. And that is amazing that we have a company like yours, Sandra, because again, it was started by you, a digital nomad. Your co-founders are all digital nomads. You're a remote working company who knows exactly what we're all going through. So I think it's one of the best places to really look into this. I love that. And you guys could go to theoffbeatlife.com and take a look at the link to apply. I'm sure you're going to get approved for it for safe doing. I love that. So for you, Sandra, how does it feel 
that you finally have this company and I'm sure you have these big dreams still, right? For safety wing and what you're going to do with the world because now it is really a very remote work friendly environment that you have. And I'm pretty sure that these visions have changed the last few years. Where do you see yourself in, you know, in a few years? Like what do you want your legacy to be in about 30 to 50 years from now? Well, so... Safety Wing's mission actually hasn't changed since the first day, which is very cool. And the main legacy I can imagine having right now is to f- completely fulfill the project, to complete it. Because the project is to build a global social safety net, meaning that anyone in the world can, and, and then also c- the first country on the internet. But that's the mission mm. of Safety Wing. And it, that is a big project. So it is to build, you know, make the health insurance like we have now and make that even better and better. Uh, and then add other services like remote doctor and remote retirement and, and other things until we have a membership that's like equivalent to what we had back in Norway when I was working with the government there to, to be sort of, you know, a citizen, citizen of this internet country <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, in addition to, to your regular ones. So, I think that this is, it sounds, I think it still sounds esoteric, but much less so than it did when we started out, I should say, because of the remote work change that has happened. I broadly think that the shift to the internet is still the big thing of our age. And, and we're, we're still in the middle of it. Um, you know, we, some industries went first, like, I don't know, music or, you know, video with, uh, you know, video stores and music stores closing. And now everyone just, you know, spot it, using Spotify, Netflix, YouTube to, to, to do that. But similar changes will happen also in areas that today are done by, you know, governments or insurance companies, you know, the things that move a bit later and slower. And we think we can contribute to that, to, to building solutions that work also in the future. And, and if we're right, then, you know, this is a, this, this is a big deal, um, that it's very important that we succeed. That is the main thing that I want is to fulfill, uh, the project. I should say also, you know, I recently got married, love to start a family Aww. and, uh, build a happy life with them. That's amazing. Congratulations. And, um, I'm really excited about this, like internet country or, <laughs> that you want to create because I'm like I've never heard of that that's really interesting as long as I don't get drafted into your military I'm okay (laughs) (laughs) I'm like that sounds like a really cool idea I'm like sign me up for that I love it and yeah congratulations for getting married and this is definitely something you know you're creating for yourself and also for your future for your children and so forth so it's it's a great legacy you're you're building for you for your family and everyone else in this space well thank you so much for being here with us if our listeners want to know more about you where can they find you so safetywing.com is, is uh, the website for the company. We also have a project called Borderless. If you want to see like updated twice a week uh, travel restrictions around the world, that's on borderless.safetywing.com. And I, we're also doing a project to help people start a remote company called buildingremotely.com, where there's podcast and, and some writing. So if you're considering starting a startup remotely, you might want to check that out.
Love it. There's so much um, resources that you have there for us, Andre. We really appreciate it. And we really appreciate you for being here and sharing your journey with us. Thanks, Debbie. Great to be here. I hope you enjoyed this interview with Sandra. Make sure to visit theoffbeatlife.com slash safety wing to get more information on how you can get started with your own insurance as a remote worker or digital nomad. Hey friend, have you been wanting to start a podcast? I know it can be overwhelming in the beginning. Believe me, I have been there. Lucky for you, we have created a new site called howtocreatepodcast.com that shares a ton of freebies that can help you get started. From launching, growing, to monetizing, we share it all in one place. Visit howtocreatepodcast.com for more information. Hey listeners, thank you for listening to this episode and I'm so thankful for your support. I would love to hear your thoughts on this episode and get suggestions on guests, topics we can discuss, and so much more. Feel free to reach out at hello at theoffbeatlife.com and let me know what you'd like to hear. If you like the show, don't forget to give us some love and review on iTunes. Thank you again for being a part of this journey and I can't wait to hear how your location independent story will unfold.